Hello and welcome to the Fintech Australia podcast, presented by Tier One People, leaders in fintech executive search. I'm Dexter Cousins, and in today's show, we're joined by Dan Wern, head of design at UpBank. But before we talk to Dan, a shout out to our awesome partners, Fintech Australia. They're a member-driven organisation building an ecosystem of Australian fintechs advancing a global economy. We share their mission to build a strong community, foster connections, and support innovation. To become a member, go to fintechaustralia.org.au forward slash join dash now. Welcome to the show, Dan. Can you tell us a little bit more about Up? G'day, Dexter. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I can. It's uh, it's Australia's first digital bank, and we launched a couple of Octobers ago. You would have remembered the Sydney launch party that we had. I absolutely do. I remember it because you gave me fifty bucks. <laughs> That's right. We were um, <laughs> we were showing off a bit of the onboarding um, flow and trying to incentivize the attendees that get started it was a pretty generous uh, acquisition strategy but yeah, well, yeah I remember that. it was a, and it was an incredible launch party actually i kind of i likened it to um if if banks were to do an i an iphone launch then that would be pretty <laughs> much as close as you get yeah it's um it's been an interesting couple of years i don't think there's been um too many drastic sort of strategy deviations since then it's i think our original idea that Banks can be better is still holding true today, but um, it's been a really cool des- uh, journey, especially from a design perspective. Excellent, and look, that's why I kind of wanted to invite you on the show. I mean, Dom, um, he's not short of offers to be on podcasts and, <laughs> and to be interviewed. And um, you know, having having kind of been you know a, a customer of yours and and from the early days before launch and, and being a bit beta user. You know, we're big supporters, obviously, of every bit of fintech that comes out of Australia. And we've really set, you know, up there as setting a very high bar, not just for, for Aussie fintech, but I think globally, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, I know that my peers and, and contacts overseas look it up and are really impressed. So it's um, fantastic to have you on the show. And I, so do you want to maybe um, share with our, our kind of listeners a little bit more about um, you know, the kind of the up product and, and I guess how you've kind of got it to where it is today. Yeah, I could shed a fair bit of light on that. I've been uh, working with up for about three years. So working on it more or less six to nine months before we launched officially. And um, but the history goes a little bit beyond that. Probably, to be honest, a bit before I arrived when uh, Ferocia, that's the company that builds up in collaboration with Bendigo Bank, we're a software company in South Melbourne working with banks for a number of years. I think it's like five or six years, um, really sort of cutting their teeth around um, not only just building software in that industry, but really starting to understand why banking is the way that it is. You can imagine there was a pretty progressive team of technologists that uh, were really sort of in the startup culture and tech advances. And then when you're sort of interfacing with um, or seeing how the sausages are made with a bank, they, they, they got a really good taste on what it takes to, to build a bank and, and navigate that whole journey. So they developed a bit of an appetite and they said, you know, should, we should launch. We should launch a, our own bank. And that took, um, I suppose, once they said that out loud, it took a little bit of time to work out the best way to do that. And um, they'd been working with Bendigo for a number of years. So the relationship was there, the trust was there, and, and Bendigo, I suppose, 
you know, without speaking on their behalf, truly believe that this was the team to sort of execute that vision and um, and the team grew a little bit beyond that. It would have been maybe a dozen people at that point and then that's yeah. when I came on and um, they were mostly programmers and software engineers and then today we're a team of about maybe just under 60 and we've just got multiple disciplines now that are just as passionate about their particular craft, whether it's marketing, design, product or support. It's mm. kind of a much more um, cross-functional outfit these days. But um, I suppose that's a the quick and short. I remember when you launched two years back and I think, you know, Dom, Dom Pim, uh, you know, co-founder was very, very vocal about, um, you know, the model that you chosen, which was to not go and become a licensed bank, but to partner with Bendigo and use their license. It's been interesting to see you were kind of two years on from that. And I think undoubtedly, if I, you know, if I kind of um, take feedback from, from the market, this is a um, yourselves and, and 86400, I think, are the ones who product-wise and design-wise are really um, you know, winning the kind of customers' hearts and minds. Um, and it's been interesting. This, you know, I had Anthony Thompson, the chairman of 86400, on the show a, a few episodes back. And he said that, you know, the fact that they haven't had to go and raise capital has really allowed them to focus on the customer and the design and the product. Have you found that it's been the same for, for yourselves as well? Yeah, look, that decision to, I suppose, partner with a bank, it's attracted probably more contentious discussion than we're probably that interested in. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone has their opinion on how text or even just the definition of what a neobank is and all this kind of discussion. Yeah. We don't really engage with it. Like... Um, you know, just... I, I, it's funny. I was on the 11 FS podcast a couple of weeks back and they asked me that question. And I said, look, is it cut from a customer? Nobody really cares. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, you can, you, you can sort of get, um, lost in the weeds around what the official, um, definition of that term might be, but like, essentially it's like the customer comes first and, and do they perceive it as a significant issue or not? Um, cause at the end of the day, what, whatever format, whatever way you raise money, whatever, um, happens behind the scenes. It really just all depends on um, the value that you're delivering for the customer. I suppose that's the easiest way to yeah. <laughs> diverge that discussion. But yeah. um, and it's not dismissive. Like we, uh, I, I, I suppose you could say that it, it was um, our pragmatic way of just entering the market as quick as possible. Which yeah. is how can we get in there and learn what we need to know? Yeah, and it's it's kind of two years on now. Um, there's been some, as I mentioned, some really. Um, unique things that you've brought to the market. Can you tell us a little bit more about the open APIs that you've released to your customers? Yeah, so that went live. We've been working on that for a little while this year. It was an interesting decision to sort of focus on it because we're a small team, so we don't really have aspirations of you know huge headcount growth where we just want to build everything at once. It's kind of um, we enjoy a lot of the benefits you have in a small, close-knit team. The point of that being is, you know, choosing what you focus on in the roadmaps, like a really critical, um, you know, highly debated topic. And especially with open banking as a thing forecasted in the future, you could sort of say, well, why would you bother with an API at this point? But the amount of times that that's sort of, oh, I suppose with the ongoing delays with that being implemented far and wide, um, we felt that there was value that we could deliver now by opening that up and gauging the interest and um, it's been received really well. It's been a really yeah. interesting initiative. 
uh, you know, because if you're in a tech team, you could probably say, is this just appealing to us because we're nerds and we, yeah. we like tinkering with stuff? But then you launch it and you announce it and you make it accessible. You sort of broaden it out. We've got a whole bunch of YouTube tutorial videos that are incredible. They're done by our um, an engineer from the team named John. He just started with us and that's a really good entry point for people that have perhaps never even mucked around with an API before. Um, but, you know, and then there's the GitHub repo and all the documentation that's a pretty... Um, comprehensive and you know i suppose seasoned approach to how these things should work and there's been incredible engagement people playing around with seeing some really funny ideas that have um you know get tweeted to us um every few days and um we're really excited to open that up currently it's mm. limited to those balances and transactions but um you can just imagine once we open it up to um you know transactions or you know allowing you to choose the logic of how your transactions round up and where um sort of the world's the oyster on that one it's incredible so it's a bit like kind of minecraft for uh yeah for bank <laughs> and it really just awesome. falls in line with sorry it just falls in line with our approach of like just see how people use it what's the yeah what's the first cut that we could do to sort of verify instead of being really pushy with our vision it's just kind of like um mm. there's just an open curiosity with how these tools can be used so we're gonna release this episode to coincide with the second birthday of up and as you touched on before, I was really fortunate and I count myself fortunate to be at that launch, which was fairly intimate. But to me, you know, it was just so symbolic of, I remember at the time it was October 2018, um, we had the launch. I think we had Cybos in Sydney. And it was that was the point where I think for me, kind of fintech in Australia, neobanks, all of a sudden became something we weren't talking about anymore, but it was, it was real. And mm. I, I remember there was a... Um, I think Anson, your head of product, um, mm-hmm. did a demo with with Dom and he used Siri to basically send $50 from his account to <laughs> Dom Pim's account. And we could see it up on the screen kind of happen immediately. And it was just, I remember being blown away. But the other thing that really struck me was that, you know, the design that you had was, you know, it was unlike anything I'd seen in banking before. And I wanted to, you know, as the, the person responsible for that, I wanted to kind of delve into like what what was it that you know you ended up with that branding and that design so distinctive it was very different to anything else that i'd seen at the time yeah and it's probably easy to look at it like that these days because it's a bit more of a polished um i suppose effort looking at it fresh now for any new listeners that haven't heard of up before but going through the journey from day dot and you would have seen this because you've you've known about it since we've launched there's been a bit of an evolution with um i would i definitely wouldn't say i'm solely responsible as the head of design it's very much design is valued company-wide um it comes mm. from the owners dom and tomo who and um, when let's make it clear we're not just talking about brand and logo here we're mm-hmm. talking about everything about yeah everything you know, the, like there's parts yeah. of design that um what's here without diverging like an example of the decision to remove the pin when you open your app um that was a highly debated uh sort of progressive design decision had nothing to do with anything visual it was conceptual but it was um i mean without deep diving on that particularly it was an interesting decision to make because i suppose philosophically we just always wanted to help users connect with their finances you know the common example of those credit cards you tend to sign up for for whatever reason and you're never checking the balance and you're not very connected with those accounts Mm. and they're the ones that you tend to run into trouble with and it's kind of we're a team that's experienced a lot of this um these tropes personally and um 
yeah, that that particular decision, which is one that we don't really discuss ever or have ever blogged about, but it, it was just, it, it goes back to that ethos of how do we remove the barriers, remove the friction, help the connection, get people really, um, and like this word gets flung around a lot with apps and startups, but engagement, how do we get them engaged, opening that mm. app, you know, more often or being interested in it rather than, um, you know, I, I, I would, I would guess our relationship with banking apps prior to that point, to be honest. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there, and there was something that you released, which I just thought was absolutely genius, was when um, you could pull the screen down and it would then flip a coin yeah. that would go into your savings account. And I remember sitting there addicted like I was on a pokey machine. Yeah. <laughs> just pulling my screen down just to watch this coin go well, into this pot. It, okay, so an interesting, that was a really fun thing that we built. Um that was a perfect cross collaboration between product design and engineering. Uh, you know, you had the product person, Parker, he would, Anson Parker, he would talk about, you know, when you have loose change in your pocket and you chuck it in a jar and of course everyone knows that, grew up doing that. And he's like, it'd be cool if we could digitize that or replicate that same sensation, you know, cause it's a habitual savings uh, behavior. And then a little bit later we've removed pull to refresh in the app cause we were sort of making some progressions with um, our tech stack and, engineer was sort of informing us on that and, and I kind of clicked I said oh it'd be cool if we could have you know play around with these two into you know this goal and this interaction and come up with uh, the we didn't come up with this reference but a lot of people on um sort of the social platforms was was saying that we were gamifying banking yeah. by by having this sort of really intrinsic interaction around you know flicking money over to a saver um and without stealing his thunder we're sort of approaching a million dollars Anson was planning to tweet this in the next few days, but I can share it with you. Um, in fact, this may be released after he shares this, but um, all up we've just cracked a million dollars in terms of pull to saves. So, wow. Yeah, so effectively it's just been an, ex- an extremely successful um, uh, sort of visceral interaction within a banking platform. Mm. That, you know, that there's the utility of it, but then there's people do it and they go, wow, banks don't usually, focus, you know, it sends a message from a positioning standpoint that. Yeah. You know, we care about all that stuff, but um, that was really fun. And it, it's, to go back to my original thought when you mentioned it, we were nervous about launching that. These days we tend to lean more into, you would have probably seen the new savers experience with our particles and we're, we're much more playful and um, that part of the brand identity, which to be honest, I didn't really have a lot to do with. We have a creative director, his name's Pete Johnson, and he came aboard about the year into the journey. We had a pretty, you know, safe, samey kind of, logo and color palette and we didn't focus a lot of energy in that and he came on board and he's sort of the um the brainchild behind the very youthful energetic um vibrant visual representation of the brand and not just in the app but in the welcome pack and the website and um it's a really good pairing with our tech team because as you probably were alluding to when you when you open the app it's not like anything you've seen before it's very unique yeah now I've I've actually had the uh, kind of fortune to um you know have a, a walk around the Ferocia um HQ. Yeah. And I think at the time I kind of likened it to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for banking. <laughs> yeah. And it was just it was remarkable. And I think one one of the other things that's really quite remarkable is, you know, you're 60 people now. I think you were 40 people, you know, back then. This was like a year back. Mm-hmm. Um it's amazing really when you 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 kind of see what's possible when you tech does banking versus banking does tech. And I think it kind of, you know, for me, UpBank is the, you know, 
they're, they're kind of shining example of what a bank can look like when you come at it from the angle of tech and design. Um, what, what's your what's your favorite thing about being at you know being it up and being in the Ferocia crew? Yeah, so I mean that slogan that you hit on then that was one that we started officially or not officially but sort of colloquially referencing to like um instead of banking led tech it was tech led banking mm. and it's really true like it can sound like a bit of a uh, you know techy cliche but we we'd sort of observed from a lot of the fintech um sort of um initiatives that and this makes a lot of sense when you look at it it's just like they was they were either started by bankers or had heavy involvement from um, experienced bankers and that makes a lot of sense of course you sort of want to be going into that industry with um yeah you know with a fair bit of skin in the game but there was just a different ethos with what dom and tomo were sort of after they they were really into um empowering passionate technologists to tackle this problem domain um they were curious to see what you could achieve with that and it was pretty risky it would it would have been no 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 you can't do that you have to it's a heavy regulated serious game that and of course, we 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 believe that. Like we take all that stuff extremely seriously in regards to risk and security, and um, you know that's a one strike policy in terms of banking. If you stuff any of that up, we get that. But um, yeah. there's a yeah. The, the coolest thing about working it up is there's just a we're completely empowered. Um, it's a very trusting workplace. Like as you would have noticed when you walked into the office that time, I've, I imagine maybe a few people were. Um, squealing, playing Mario Kart, or you know, Mario. Well, the the thing that really strikes me that I remember more than anything else is that you were at nine ninety nine thousand, like you know, one hundred and three customers or something. Oh, okay. So I was there just as you were about to hit the hundred thousand. Yeah, we popped um, a few bottles of champagne more. when that ticked over. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but uh, what that kind of leads on. I mean, my next question: where where's up at now? You know, in terms of of um, customers, and you mentioned there sixty people. Um, are you kind of seeing yourselves now? You've kind of gone through that initial, you know, kind of the, the quirky phase of, Hey, it's cool. Now it's a, a real business or are you still being given that kind of, you know, that kind of, um, luxury from, from Bendigo to really go out there and keep experiment and keep, um, kind of breaking or, you know, pushing the boundary. Um, there's definitely, um, given what we've demonstrated, I mean, it's not really a relationship where we're answering to Bendigo in that way. There's definitely mm. two parts of the, you know, um, you know, it's their it's their banking license, so they're obviously going to be you know pretty careful about things. But like I said before, the the relationship goes way beyond when we started building up. It's there's a lot of trust that's been built over a long period of time, and I suppose you could say that we've proven the model around acquisition and engagement in terms of a banking yeah. platform. With like here, yeah, we've acquired. I think we announced something like 275,000 customers. Maybe um, it's remarkable. Like you guys ago. don't even advertise, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we play around in the digital ad um, space and we're still, I mean, it's very much an awareness um, objective rather than just cold hard conversion type play. But um, yeah, there's been a few. Uh, yeah, sorry, to go back to that original thing, like we we feel confident that we're able to attract the people that were the audience that we were targeting our average mm. age our average age uses 24 and the most common age is 19 so you can just imagine that bell curve is right in that sweet spot yeah um i've said in a few um sort of interviews Mate, they're all going to want mortgages one day <laughs> that's i suppose that's where you, yeah that's exactly the point i'm trying to make so um you know while it might not have been a 
well, we had the luxury of focusing all our efforts on that um, that cohort of people, whereas banking, mm. banking in general, um, especially from the incumbents, there has to be a bit more of a multi-pronged approach. But um, anyway, so it's been a couple of years and we're showing steady growth, especially I, when the COVID sort of kicked off earlier this year. And we've been working home ever since March, obviously. And there was a bit of a curiosity around how it would impact us, but it doesn't seem to have, you know, touch wood, um, uh, you know, unlike other industries, unfortunately, but it feel, it, we're still sort of tracking pretty well. Um, you know, as we consider recovery from all that, yeah, it could be one year, two year, three years, whatever it is. But um, the I suppose the discussion internally has been less around how do we acquire and engage more because we seem to we seem to have our finger on the pulse in regards to that strategy and more around um sort of the, the product offerings moving forward yeah um in something that's in line with you know it's a it's a pretty uh, i think that can you know when you, people think instantly like credit cards and stuff like this and it's it's not much like that where we're looking at uh, product offerings that are as innovative as everything that we've done so far and in line with um, our values Mm. And I guess, look, the market for credit cards anyway, you'd kind of argue, is it is it worth the investment when yeah. you see the, the stats? I mean, at, at a glance, there's just an, um, like, a, and it's it's been discussed many times, there's just a, um, a resistance to um, or give our, those 19 to 24-year-olds that I mentioned um, to go straight towards that. Uh, we talk a lot about it, about credit health and, you know, we shouldn't, you know, Anson Parker will often talk about his stance on credit cards and how we should probably focus our efforts on educating around credit health rather than just waiting for mm. people ask ask for credit, saying, you know, um, this is how you've been doing the last few months or this is where you could improve or, um, you know, th- th- these are pretty unresolved product ideas. But that sort of communicates a little bit the vision for that. Yeah. Space. Yeah. And it, it seems to you, I mean, you've been so transparent as well with the product roadmap. You were the first to, which I've seen a lot of businesses now kind of follow your lead Interesting, isn't and it? reduce, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the tree of up, I think it was called at the time, which was your, your product um, roadmap. And it yep. was, I mean, just incredible. Another example of where you're not just here on ours, but globally, I know that people seeing that and we're like, oh, wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which kind of leads me into a question that I've got for you, which is, uh, and this is a major bugbear of mine. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we keep talking about talent in Australia and fintech. We've got no talent. Oh, there's not enough talent. To my mind, I think we've got some of the absolute best globally product and tech teams, you know, you, you know, up being one of them um, that, you know, I don't, I don't see anything outside of Eastern Europe you know, kind of matching what you guys are, are doing. Um, what what's your kind of general perception of how well Australia are doing from a you know talent perspective and and a product perspective when we look on a global scale? Well, I've been working in tech. Um, it'll be rounding at ten years now. Um, obviously, a few like failed startups and then sort of some growth companies and um, now up. And my my general take is that we punch with the best of them for sure. Like I, yeah. um, and we spent a lot of time doing deep dives and really understanding some of the neobank offerings, especially in the UK that have, you know, some really impressive players. But um, even a few years, there's a, there's a bank I always refer to that no one's heard of. They're called Bank Simple in America. But when yeah. they, they got acquired and sort of maybe start, started to lose their um, innovation appetite, but they're early day stuff. Like I, st- I still am heavily inspired by their fresh approach 
on um, on banking. But to the original point, I think founded by an Aussie, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's right. I forget his. I won't be able to. I'll butcher his name. But um, yeah, I mean, to your point, uh, t- tech especially like has just been um, the team that I've gotten out for us is, I think, world class, incredible team. But mm. to looking outside of us, if I had to sort of give a hat tip to some other workplaces like uh, Canva. Atlassian, Cultramp, all these unicorns in Australia are just, um, you know, creating that or spreading the awareness that it's, you know, it's a not just a design destination workplace within Australia, but um, talent in all those fields is, is right. Mm. Well, mate, it's been fantastic to have you on the show. Is there anything kind of any news you've got that you want to share or, or get out there to people before we wrap up? Um, I suppose... Without, it's probably not dropping a big bomb, but there's definitely a big focus internally around our joint account offering moving forward. So um, you mentioned before mortgages, and this is a, a pretty obvious stepping stone towards that. So um, we'll be looking to launch a, a, a beta invite for that as we sort of test out our vision for what joint accounts could be. It's pretty out there. Um, I think it's I think it's really cool, and um, that'd be the the big upcoming ticket coming out before the end of the year. Excellent. And um, if people want to find out more about um, yourself, Dan, and Up, where can they go? Uh, Up.com.au is the place to go to learn a little bit more about um, who we are and what we do. Um, In regards to the API that we just launched, developer.up.com.au is also a really good resource if you want to get cracking on that and um, play around with your your finance, you know, the visualizations of your finances and stuff like that. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thanks so much for joining me, Dan. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. You can find me at Dexter Cousins on Twitter and Dexter Cousins on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. And if you like today's show, subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review. It helps us bring on great guests like Dan and other people that you want to hear from. This show is produced by Tier 1 People. We're the leaders in fintech executive search. We'll help you launch, scale, and innovate by delivering the right people. And you can reach us at info at tier1people.com. Until the next episode, stay safe 